you've all enjoyed listening to our story of Gideon this morning. And when I was reading through this story to prepare for this morning, it threw up quite a lot of questions in my mind. And these questions are all kind of connected to how we see God and how we react to these battles and these, these troubles in our own lives. So as a result, I've entitled this talk today, Do We? And at the end, we're going to end up with a set of questions. Hopefully, they might come up on the board, but if not, I'm sure your memories are great. Oh, there we go. Lovely. Thank you very much, Lynn. Um, so I'd encourage you to have a look at these questions, ponder them today, maybe take them away, um, and have a think about them over the week ahead. So if we start from the beginning, the story that we've just heard, we hear that when God wanted to find Gideon because he needed his help, Gideon was hiding. Now, Gideon didn't believe that God could use him or even want to use him because Gideon didn't believe that he was all God says he was. In chapter 6, verse 14, God says to Gideon, go in the strength that you have and save Israel. Am I not sending you? God doesn't require Gideon to be anything more than he is. And weak as Gideon says he is, God still picks him to fight this battle. And so that leads us on to our first two questions. Do we believe God when he tells us who we are? And do we believe that God can use us despite our weaknesses? Now, we don't need to be strong to fight a battle. We need to recognize that by putting our faith and our hope in the one who is strong enough, we can make it through. God doesn't want or need us to be anything more than we are. And even in our weakness, he can use us. So if you think the answer to either of these questions is no, then I'd really like to encourage you to come and find me or one of our other um, prayer team members at the end. So we can help you with this and we can pray through it with you. Because you need to remember that God never lies. And if God can tell you that you can do it, then you can do it. If God tells you he'll be with you, then you can count on that. God never gives us more than we can handle. We may be stretched, we may be pushed out of our comfort zones, we may be scared like Gideon was, but with God by our side, we can have the confidence to face whatever is up ahead, knowing that God will equip us for the fight. Which is why I sort of found it strange that in this story, when Gideon seems to be fully equipped with 30,000 men, God asks him to cut that number down. Gideon's probably sitting there thinking, well, okay, I'm, I'm absolutely petrified, but God said to trust him. I did, and look at all this help I've got. God's really come through here, but, oh, hang on, God. You, you what? You, you want me to get rid of most of them? What, what's going on? And we see that God explains to Gideon, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands, because in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, this is what I want you to do. Basically, God wants there to be absolutely no doubt that it's him who has saved Israel because he knows us too well. He knows our human tendency to take credit for everything, even if it's not our place to. How often in our lives does God step in and fix something, but we attribute it to our own actions or our own self-preservation skills? So our next question, do we give God enough glory? And I think this question can be looked at in two places. First of all, um, privately, how often do we remember to thank God at the end of a day for all the things that he's helped us with, intervened in, and been there for? 
If you're anything like me, it's not often enough, I'll bet. And then second, publicly. When someone asks us, oh, how, that was a really tricky situation, how did you get through it? Do we sort of mumble and make this modest reply? Oh, well, you know, it wasn't as bad as it looked, or I hung on in there and eventually it came out all right. Or do we give God the glory by saying something along the lines of, well, actually, I, I prayed about the situation and God showed me a way through. Or, do you know what? My church are really supportive and they reminded me that Jesus is in control and that gave me the strength to keep going. Now, if you're not used to saying things like this to friends or work colleagues or whoever asks you, it may feel really awkward to start with. But actually, that's perfect. Because learning to speak out about Jesus might be the battle that you're facing. So if you take that battle to Jesus, he's going to help you conquer. He'll give you the words to praise him. And if you notice in this story, God doesn't actually make it vaguely obvious that he's in control. He stacks the odds so far in the enemy's favor, there can be absolutely no argument. We heard um, in the Bible reading that it, it says the enemy were as thick as locusts and their camels could no more be counted than sand on the seashore. And in contrast, Gideon had only 300 men. I mean, it's blatantly obvious that in this situation, God is in control. And as you can imagine, being this outnumbered is pretty daunting for poor old Gideon. So God encouraged him by telling him to go down to the Midianites' camp to listen to what they're saying. And it turns out that the Midianites were really scared of Gideon because they recognized he had God on his side. And that enabled Gideon to have courage for the battle ahead. So thinking about us today, do we listen to what God tells us to do? Do we follow his advice and gain courage from it? Or are we swayed by listening to the wrong people, the wrong teaching, or our own negative fears and insecurities? We need to keep our eyes and ears fixed on Jesus, to the truths he gives us, and that way we'll have courage for whatever lies ahead. And what lay ahead for Gideon was the battle. However, when the battle finally comes, there aren't any swords, as you might expect, no actual fighting between the Israelites and the Midianites. Instead, we see the Midianites are defeated by a small number of men holding torches and banging pots. Now, that's pretty unconventional. It's a bit like another story in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. And there the Israelites marched around the city walls, they blew their trumpets, and the walls just fell down. God seems to have this really interesting way of gaining victory. Now, I don't know what battles you might be in or might be coming up in your life, but one thing we might want to think about and keep in the back of our mind is do we always expect God to fix things in a conventional way? And that's our next question today. Do we expect God to fix things in a conventional way? God's very good at thinking and acting outside the box. He'll often the situations with a solution that we never would have expected. And it's up to us in these situations to not let our human brain get in the way, but to relax, to focus on God, and to do what he's asking us to do, even if occasionally it does seem strange. I'm just going to put a little caveat in here, though, and suggest that if you feel God is asking you to do something that seems too off the wall, that maybe you go and run the idea past a trusted Christian friend or a leader so they can listen and pray with you to agree that it is God speaking. Because we mustn't forget that one of the battles that we face every day is the devil trying to creep in and pull us away from God's word. And so it's always worth weighing things up carefully to ensure they are from God before going ahead with them.
But once we know that God's with us in the battle, once we know we're going to war either on his behalf or with him by our side, what do we use to sustain us through the fight? One thing we need to do is to constantly remind ourselves who we're fighting for and who is fighting with us. We saw this morning that explicitly within the battle instructions was a command to call the Lord's name. We shouted it out, didn't we? For the Lord and for Gideon. Now, I don't know how you felt shouting it out this morning, possibly slightly silly standing here in this church shouting. But during the battle, shouting out for the Lord would have given the soldiers courage. It would have reminded them who they were fighting for and also who was on their side helping them win. So when we are in the midst of our own battles, do we call on the name of the Lord? So looking at all these questions and what we've talked about today, we can see that God was in ultimate control in the battle with Gideon. From the first step where God chose someone who considered himself small and unworthy, to showing that he doesn't need a huge army to emerge victorious, putting fear into the enemy and ultimately winning that battle, even if it was done unconventionally, we see God is in control. So my last question to you today is, do we believe that God is in control? Now, as I said, I have no idea whether some of you or all of you are facing a battle at this particular point in time. It might be something big. It might be just a small thing that keeps cropping up. It might be something that, you know, if you told other people, you think that they would think, well, what's all the fuss about? But actually to you, it's a huge thing. And that's okay, because each one of us is different. We all have different battles to face, different challenges to, to meet throughout life. But I'd like to tell you that if you are facing something, or you're in the middle of something, you are not alone in your battle. Because firstly, you've got this whole church of people here. And we're all willing to stand alongside you and fight with you and for you. And secondly, and more importantly, you have Jesus by your side. Even if sometimes you find it hard to see him or hear him, he's still there with you. He will never leave you. And I pray that you really do know that. Because ultimately, we need to remember that God is in control.